What's up, world? Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Dave, Dave, Dave. Insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game. Bottom line. It's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Oh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Oh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Hazari. Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of Angry Nick on the first one and said, yeah, I'm gonna pass. Oh, yeah, so I do. Precisely. No. No. I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No. No. Yeah, I'm you guys are so I don't- cute. Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical. I love your little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. You will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPGs have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh my god, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a, it's a podcast. Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video game podcast. You're listening to the Game Source Podcast. Cool. <laughs> I saw the light come on. Oh yeah, I forgot to have this light. It's, it's live. You can, you can We're live. We can talk. Are you on Is this thing on? It, it is on. Oh my god, it's, it's the Super 8. It's unlike Donkey Kong. Here we are, Retro City Games, one more time. Game night, July. But uh, before we go into it, um, there was, as far as uh, probably you know, the most important thing that's trending right now uh, you know, on social media, but also right, probably the most important thing right now going on in video game world is... Uh, it's blowing up on my phone left and right right now, so yes. It's the, uh, the unfortunate passing of uh, the president of Nintendo, uh, Sotoro Iwata. At the age of 55 of cancer, so July 12th, uh, 2015. I know I, I can safely speak for all of Game Source and obviously uh, you know yeah Nintendo, Nintendo Quest, Quest sure. Pirate Productions, yeah. and everybody here at Retro City Games. Uh, just you know, rest in peace, uh, Mr. Iwata. Um, and just want to actually, from all of us, just want to issue and, and if you're out there, as you can do as well, a moment of silence as far as it's concerned. Literal silence. I just had to throw that in there. All right. So. Literal moment. Yeah. Mo- <laughs> I mean, I think what's cool is, I mean, people are going to deal with this news the way that they deal with it. Everybody processes stuff like this. But we're at game night where I think some of like games that he was instrumental on are being celebrated. That's, I think. I mean, you, we you have can't half of his guy. icons yeah. all listed throughout here. Back before he was even president. Yeah. Back during his CEO times and everything else. Uh, I, I think he's. He's been an impact in everyone's life. And that's, so. that's, that's correct. And, uh, you know, just like you said, feel the impressions right here at game night because uh, it's live. It's uh, Game Source Podcast number 127. Uh, and it's, well, we're here today at Retro City Games! Come on, give, a, give us a round of applause. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I'm so. here today with Chris, Killer X Wolf. And of course, one of the great members, as far as I hear, of the video game community. As far as you hear, (laughs) what else have you heard? As far as I know. Oh, okay. Okay. A little bit more assurance there. Yes, for the video game community, it is Rob McCallum, director of Nintendo Quest. And before we get back into uh, Iwata's legacy, tell us, please, 
all the update on what's going on with Nintendo Quest. Lots happening. Of course, we had our world premiere weekend in Beverly Hills in Las Vegas not that long ago. But as much as we want to celebrate what happened that weekend, we're gearing up for Austin and Houston. So next stop, Austin, Classic Game Fest. So if you're out there in Texas, you got to come see us in Austin. It's going to be a massive con. They're predicting over 5,000 people. And with your price of admission, I believe it's on the Sunday. It hasn't been announced yet. But you get to come and check out Nintendo Quest. We have a huge panel of guests for people that appeared in the film, including Patrick Scott Patterson, Todd Rogers, Ben Gold. Of course, Jay's going to be down there. We have our, our GamerCast co-host, Glenn Stanwood, making the drive down. So he'll be part of it. We're filming on the Power Tour, of course. That's the, that's an awesome. And then the next night, on Monday, July 27th, we get a screening at an Alamo Draft House. Now, for anybody that loves cinema and, like, the hardcore passionate, yeah. Alamo Draft House is, like, a mecca for us, right? It literally is. It's like the indie house of all new films or all yeah. new passion. And they, they don't just do movies. They'll do live events. Everything. do all these cool yeah. things there. Uh, I've, I've heard so much, and I've always wanted to go to Austin, and that's, like, the first place I will go yeah. is right there just to see whatever's there. I don't, I don't even... There's lots of stuff. You yeah, love Austin. Always stuff. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. I lived in Houston for three and a half years. Austin was always a favorite destination for me. It's good to be kind of go back and visit this. So it's kind of like a, a weird second homecoming for me yeah. since I lived there. So as you guys can tell with the Power Tour schedule, Vegas where I live, Houston where I used to live, eventually Canada where I'm from, we're kind of stacking the deck a little bit, but in a good way. And also as well, if you want to know more about where the Nintendo Power Quest Power Tour is going to hit in 2015, or 2016, where Possibly, can go? yeah. You can just go to NintendoQuest.com. There's a link right to the screening so you can see what's happening. But, Gerald, did you know that you can tug it in public now? I heard about that and have read did that. Did you know that you can tug it in public in the U.S.? Where? Like, everywhere? You can tug it anywhere <laughs> in the U.S. publicly now. And oh, Does that account on stream? You can tug, you can you can't stream while you oh, tug it. Oh, okay. But how can they do that? Basically, if you go to tug.com, which is our theatrical screening partner, oh, okay, you can request Nintendo Quest or in a town near you. Oh, so nice. So if you're in Florida or if you're in Colorado or one of these great cities that we wish we could have been in, you can now request it, and you basically just have to pre-sell X number of tickets by sharing the link, almost kind of like a Kickstarter. Yeah. I think it's like about a hundred tickets. So get your hundred closest friends, team up with a local organization, a school, a gamers club. And Nintendo Quest will be coming to you in a theatrical venue, which is really nice. exciting. And then you also got your podcast as well, yeah. Patreon, as far as it's concerned. Going yeah, for you. Here we're, we're starting the plugs. Oh my God, I'm running out of breath. I love Everywhere. it. Our GamerCast is a top 10 uh, podcast on gaming, much like GameSource, a little less news because we try to like kind of say, what is the real meaning of this headline and how does it relate to everything <laughs> in the gaming world? Um, and you can go to Potomatic.com, so nesclub.potomatic.com, or you can subscribe on iTunes. And we just launched our Patreon page. Uh, and if you guys don't know what Patreon is, it's like a subscription-based podcast, but you get so much more for very like pennies on the dollar, essentially. You can join for a dollar a month. So for $12 for a whole calendar year, you guys ready for this? You're going to get like 800 extra minutes of me, Jay, and Glenn talking games, let alone all the, the sneak peeks, the early access to videos, behind-the-scenes photos, really, a dollar a month. You gots to do it. Absolutely. Take my money now. You, you have to. I Here we go. <laughs> Bam. Go. A smart gentleman. A smart gentleman. We will just leave so, that right there. Yes. And if you have any questions as far as concerned, NintendoQuest.com, or where can they find you on Facebook and Twitter? Well, Facebook is definitely uh, one of our, our huge communities. Same with Twitter, as you mentioned. Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash the NES Club. You'll see it right there. The most unofficial Nintendo documentary ever. Or at the NES Club. 
you can find us there. Oh, sweet. And also, if you like us here at Game Source, and you're watching on if, Twitch. If! Well, you never know. Everyone is. Everyone loves Game Source. Oh, uh, you know, Andrew Nick leaves that impression on people. Uh. But we won't go there. <laughs> That's his hat. It's not his fault. It's like that Bugs Bunny cartoon when they put on the different hats. There you different. go. It's the bear. It's the yeah. bear hat. He says the ladies love the bear hat, but we won't go there. That's Game Source on Facebook and at Game Source on Twitter. And, of course, our home site, yourgamesource.com. But uh, like What's I said, happening today? I know we have a big list of topics. Uh, like I said earlier today, uh, the unfortunate passing of Sotoro Iwata, the president and uh, big guy on campus for Nintendo, unfortunately passed away from cancer. Um, really, Is it cancer now? I thought it was a growth on the bile duct. Is it related? The official's growth of the bile duct, but depending on which social media status you, you see, you either see ca- uh, cancer or the sure. bile duct. I didn't want to see get too specific, you know, for right. squeamish out there, but... Yeah. Uh, very unfortunate oh, passing. This audience, they're, they're not worried about that if they're watching us three guys here. <laughs> Russia City night. Come on. But uh, very unfortunate passing. Um, but what do you and your what do you believe that, that his his legacy? What do you think he is going to leave behind? He started out as president in 2002. Sure. Uh, has been with Nintendo since the 80s. Right. Uh, obviously, he's been instrumental in a great many uh, progressives. Um, you know, great many things, great many positives for the company, but also a couple negatives as well. Um, I had written an article one time a couple years ago regarding the direction of the company and where he was taking it. Um, before I, ch- you know, before I put in my two cents more on that, your thoughts. Well, I'm glad you've got the history to back me up here, so I'm not going to step over the line too much. I think more than anything, he's going to be recognized as the guy that, that picked up the mantle and was able to carry it forward from basically a family legacy that had come before him. I believe it was essentially within the family until he came along in his tenure. By the year 2000, he was named director, and then two years later, he was named president. So he had all of this on his shoulder as a non-family member for Nintendo, what do you do? And his first thing was the GameCube, of course, and then the Wii, which, I mean, there, there's a huge like home run form right there. Absolutely. And then the DS, of course, the 3DS. Yeah. Which ultimately proved to be the him. biggest as far as the yeah. system for him uh, over the long haul and that iteration to... And that's to, all him. I mean, you could argue that GameCube, he wasn't maybe at... He was different instrumentally on it. Yeah, right there. Because it was right around the same time that he that he took over, but... The Wii, the 2DS, 3DS, uh, obviously the 3DS XL, mm-hmm. uh, and going into the Wii U, um, those are all probably would be his, his legacy, what he left behind. The great success of the Wii uh, became a phenomenon like we've rarely ever seen in the video game industry. Uh, Chris, your thoughts? Uh, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. It's it's just harder to process that he's all gone. And I mean, not his legacy. His legacy will always live on. We knew something was going on the past two E3s when he was not able to travel to here from Japan. So we yeah, knew something right. was not not happening right. Yeah. Um, I don't think. I, I mean, I'm, everyone's got me sad. But you can't just be sad that he's gone. He's already he's done so much for us that I think it's something that we need to also carry on ourselves. And uh, I mean, it's just like in any other culture. Maybe that's only here. We usually cry and we mourn when someone dies. But most other people, most other things, they live and they thrive. And even down in Mexico, they they celebrate the dead because it, it brought them joy when they were here. It's kind of a thing that we also need to kind of do is. Yeah. Hey, well, instead this, of instead this of crying, let's, let's, pull out, yeah, yeah, exactly. let's pull out a, an NES or let's play let's pull out a GameCube. Let's pull out his original and go about that and play some Mario Sunshine or something. Yeah, you sure. know, there you go. Um, you Keep know, Mario Kart and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, there you go. As far as it's concerned, um, I do want to say though that you know the past couple of years were kind of rocky. 
financially for the company, but he has left the company on a good note. They started showing profits late last year. Um, obviously, uh, with with the success of the, the new 3DS, it's been in a great boom for them. The Amiibo, uh, that's also will be yeah. uh, you know as part of his legacy as well. And and he's leaving the company in good hands on a high note. And I do want to make sure as well that that's noted to him as far as his success is concerned. Because you know for a while there was getting kind of. Uh, tenuous as far as what was going on. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at his predecessor, you've got stuff like the Power Glove on his resume, oh, yeah, the yeah. Virtual Boy, but the Nintendo 64 disc drive. So I think you can point to blemishes on, on anyone's but, record. And he started, and and you know, upon his passing, you know, the company as well, you know, with the NX coming out, you know, in the near future, and also their their willingness to become more part of the uh, a bigger part of the the mobile. Community and the, the online community, yeah, with the DNA, uh, DENA, as far as it's concerned, their affiliation with them and where they're going from there. So, I see him leaving, but I see, as far as it's concerned, him leaving the company on a better path uh, towards the future. Definitely seems like the legacy is set in stone for the foreseeable future, at least probably two to three years. The plans will have to kind of remain where they are, so they'll carry that spirit forward. I'm sure everything was at least, like you said, at least two or three years, everything seemed to be in place as far sure. as that's concerned. Um, I know the E3 was kind of a little bump in the road, depending on who you ask, as far as from a Wii it, standpoint. It was fantastic, and, and I'll argue this to the death. The, the problem with E3, if I can digress a minute, gentlemen. But the handheld part, I will say the handheld... It, it's that they split all their information across yeah. multiple days. If they would have taken everything with Smash Brothers, everything with Nintendo World Championships, and put it all as part of that, that Tuesday morning... Morning they encompassed everything. Yes. And there yeah. Go. Then it would have been like, man, that would have been like an hour and a half nonstop. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my just god! Epicness. Instead, they they breadcrumbed it out of it. Absolutely. No, I'm just. Uh, you know, our, our our thoughts are with with Nintendo and obviously his family as well. Um, you know, going forward, like you said, Nintendo's still in good hands, and I see at least a good direction for them going forward. Chris, any last thoughts? Rest in peace. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. That's the Rest biggest thing. Um, so. Well, you know, there was another little thing going on this weekend. It was called the second best party in the West Coast. Because this is the first party right here. The best this party. This is the best now. party. <laughs> Retro City Games Game Night. If you are here in the Las Vegas area, it is still going on. Game Night. Henderson, right Nevada. Henderson, Nevada. That's so if you're in California, you can get here in about five hours. True story. You might miss it. <laughs> but it is Retro City Games right here in Henderson, Nevada. The second best party going on was something called Comic-Con. Oh, yeah, I heard something about this. Yeah, this, yeah. This little gathering that happens every now and then. Absolutely. These noobs, they don't know Comic-Con. Yeah. Oh, that's a thing now? That, yeah, it's a thing. Oh, yeah. It's a thing. But Apparently, it's been a thing forever. I mean, don't you know about comics? and? It sounds made up. Comics? Oh, there's comics at this Yeah, event. there's... Uh, oh. Yeah. Is so there? They're in the corner somewhere yeah, okay, sometimes, okay. you know? <laughs> it sounds like more branding than anything else. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a lot of pictures of, uh, of the floor this weekend, and uh, yeah, comics were like, as you said, like tucked way on the side. Well, as a guy who went to Comic-Con two years ago, I can tell you that they are there... They're just kind of literally fit between the cracks of all these big corporate entity booths that are there and that are, you know, decked out with amazing design work. And, and also vendors selling as far as the merchandise. Well, essentially, that, that's what's going on. You'll have, like, Diamond Direct and stuff, which is obviously a big name, or DC Comics, yeah. or Marvel, the comic side, or IDW and stuff. But then you'll have, like, the local, you know, San Diego shops kind of having a presence Almost there. like a little swap meet type thing. They yeah. kind of want to show what they have to offer to yeah. either and their would, world or, or anyone. I will say, they do have a lot of old, rare books that are, like, you know, all graded, and it's pretty cool 
just to see that sense of history. But the comic presence is definitely being downplayed for, you know, it should be really the San Diego pop culture. Festival. <laughs> well, that's what it just, is. It just didn't look like it was an awesome time to have Well, that's the thing. It looks amazing. It is. I'm glad that it's encompassed everything. Maybe at, you know, the dismay of what it started at this point. And I know but that, they couldn't have grown if it wasn't for all this other entertainment that's in true. industry. It's, it has to encompass what do comics kind of relate to. They relate to video games. They relate to movies. They relate to this and that. Sure. So to encompass all that and then expand a little bit more makes sense. E3, for example, you know, that over the years has been criticized for getting too big, getting too Same with CES. Yes, yeah. same with yeah. CES. Oh, over 175,000 people actually go to CES now. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's... Uh, Quite a big spectacle indeed. But let's get back to Comic-Con. Comic-Con. What, what are some of the takeaways for you, Rob? I know when you posted on your Facebook page, you posted a couple little things that might have caught your eye. What exactly did catch Rob McCallum's eye? It's two main, there's two main things. The, the Star Wars panel was great and all, and I'll, I'll let you guys discuss that if that's something that's interesting. Our behind-the-scenes uh, uh, video at Doc. Yeah, that, that, that was cool to see, but it didn't make like my top list. Um the, the Marvel stuff, like uh, the X-Men or the Deadpool, didn't make my list. Again, I'm going to let you gentlemen talk about that, if that's of interest to you. It is, uh, I bet it is to Chris. Deadpool, is that of interest? Okay, he's gonna, he mums the word, work without a mouth right now. <laughs> um, what interests me were two things. The Mattel announcement of, of a new line of Masters of the Universe He-Man figures, specifically filmation sculpts done by the Four Horsemen. So they look exactly like the classic cartoon. They also announced more characters going forward at a lower price point, continuing on the subscription that's been going on for about eight years. Uh, Mattel had a lot of uh, reshuffling in the higher-up, so everybody thought the line was dead. Instead, they've come back with two smaller sub-lines where you can subscribe to that. And the big kicker for Mattel is they announced the license to Thundercats toys, which wow. will fit in the same scale and the same sculpture style as the Masters of the Universe classic. So you can have Lionel right next to... He-Man, if you want, and Mumra right next to Skeletor. So, wow, it, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I'm pretty telling you, brings brings back so many memories. And of course, this comes on the hill with another video game announcement and reveal of Toy Soldiers War Chest, which announced Masters of the Universe as one of the playable armies. They revealed the other two armies oh. that had been hidden since E3, which are Cobra and Assassin's yes. Creed now. So I don't know if anybody out there is a huge Assassin's Creed fan. Uh, I think they would be, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a little strange to have Assassin's Creed in that game, since those are all like 80s action figures. Trying to mix that in, maybe reach it's, to a different audience. It's a Ubisoft game, so I understand the, the properties easily translate. The license fee is probably a little bit lower yeah. to acquire that. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> probably a little bit more affordable. But, you know, I'm going to wait and see how it is. It comes out August 11th, I believe. Huh. So I'm excited for that one. And the other big thing... If I could steal the spotlight for just one second. Only one. Just only one other one thing second. that I care about. Okay. One second. It's one word. Muppets. There you go. That's all I cared about. Seeing the Muppet panel, they stole the show with everything that I saw. I haven't watched the whole thing yet. I have it queued up as soon as I get home. <laughs> they talked about the new show. They showed the pitch reel that, that won the show for the execs. They had all the performers there. They had the Muppets there. They were interacting. It was funny. It was above and beyond. And I guess Muppet-related was the auction that they had there with an actual Dark Crystal puppet of Fizzgig, which is, for anybody that sort of knows it, is the dog-like furball with a face on it. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, Disney, for, for whatever people can say, has really actually gotten behind the Muppets over the past you know few years. It's about time. Um, you know, Don't get me started! Well, the movies themselves... 
you know, the way they were sported, uh, the way they actually, you know, ended up doing box office wise was okay. Yeah. Nothing great, nothing earth shattering, but they. The con- first one did incredibly well for what it cost. Yeah. The second one, like most sequels, about 70, 60 to seventy five percent of the first. But they don't seem to have the the, the expected ceiling that some of the others movies. Of course not. Of course not. But I, I appreciate them still continually trying to do, and now they got the TV show coming this fall, yeah. so I'm very encouraged by that to show it to new audiences, to younger audiences. I'm, I can't wait to you know to have my girls personally yeah. see it. So in hindsight, they had to launch them in film because they had to make a big splash to say, "Hey, these characters are still around." Whether you probably sort of remember them from your parents or an uncle or something like that, they're still around. So here's two big movies with big Hollywood people all packed in there and songs. And the stuff. last movie, especially, was uh, actually seeing Danny Trejo. The, the last movie, <laughs> Muppets Most Wanted, is far better than The Superior. I'll go on record saying it is much more Muppet comedy, very dry, very subtle, in your face. Like, are they really making this illusion? Yes, they're alluding to that. And wait till you see the TV show because I know I have high hopes for it. Uh, as do I. As do I. So, Chris, what were your thoughts from Comic Con? Uh, I, I don't know how I follow up with all of the, the great news. It's just so the passion, just like, I'm just yeah, saying. Like, like he uh, and Muppets, it's my childhood. He-Man, <laughs> He-Man. I love that. Love that one animation. I would tell you, I love that one single run animation. Where he stops like in the yes. intersection of like, like that, and, he's and, like, that, and then he moves left off. to right. I'll go this yes. way. Every time, he's Every picking time. right. They reuse that. I absolutely love it. I have that imprinted in my brain for it. Kind of <laughs> what about this where he like 30s. passes the sword back and Exactly. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I have the power! Yeah, there you go. Anyways, Chris, so, before we digress. <laughs> mine was more comic book oriented. Or not even comic, it's more comic movie oriented. I okay. was more interested into like what they had to announce. Well, actually a couple different things. They had uh, anime style stuff for Dragon Ball Z, and I watch a lot of anime, so to premiere the first episode of the show, or... Part of yeah, it. I heard that was pretty cool. Uh, and unfortunately, I don't think it's been leaked or anything like that. But I mean, I was excited about that, and I wish I could have seen it. However, something that was leaked that I did get to see, and that most of the world saw, was the uh, Suicide Squad uh, being leaked. And unfortunately for DC, I'm sad that they you know, didn't get to keep that privatized to those viewers, to the one person who filmed it. But I admit that movie uh, I, w- I was more interested in just Batman versus Superman but this whole DC universe that they're going in with their movies is really I, I think it's going to beat out the comics now actually. that seems to be the case because a lot of people have from Comic Con have more interest in other things outside of the Batman versus Superman trailer that was released yeah. Could that be a problem? Could that be uh, a little I don't bit know. of uh, well, I did foreshadowing? Watch, I did watch that Dawn of Justice trailer like 15 times in a row. I admit that was a great trailer. And it's amazing that everyone could see it and everything, but I think maybe the the, the leak, leaked-ness, I guess, if you can say, of the Suicide Squad just kind of overshadowed it, or of almost anything else there, almost overshadowed it. But are the art is... Ben Affleck compelling as Batman. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And the news that he's going to direct and write the follow-up. Yes. I think it's really great. I mean, he's an excellent artist. When it, whether you're looking Everything at his acting. Everything he's directed himself and then acted. Well, that's just like, it. He did amazing. And, you know, make fun of Goodwill Hunting all you want, but he won an Academy Award <laughs> yeah, for a Yeah, absolutely. His resume is, you know, Daredevil aside and, and the, all the other but stuff. But he didn't write that either. Yeah. Direct no, that. That's no, the thing. But, and uh, he does have an impressive When resume. he's in control, he, he takes he control. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, I just am, am wondering because the Batman vs. Superman trailer was released and it didn't seem to get the notoriety of see, all the other things. I disagree. That, like, 
that caught me by surprise. I'm like, oh my god, because I completely forgot. I had heard that Marvel wasn't showing, and for whatever reason, I just kind of blocked DC out. Not because I'm trying to erase them from my <laughs> no, mind. No. I just thought, okay, there's not going to be spandex movies this year. It'll be other things. And then this was launched. I'm like, oh my god, I was excited oh, wow. to see it for a three and, and a half minute trailer, and then you get to see yeah, some, some reveals trailer. that they didn't tell you before. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert: If you haven't seen it, I recommend really going watching it. But Wonder Woman was shown in there. Joker, Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor with hair. I'm surprised, but uh, I'm sure at some point in time he. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Music. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, they showed the characters that are going to be in there that they haven't really talked about. Okay. You, you know so. what sells that trailer and what's going to sell that whole film? The, the, the sequence or the three or four shots of Bruce Wayne running into the cloud of smoke from the building destroyed yes. and him holding the girl looking up with vengeance in his eyes. And that then, and then sells right next to him says Wayne everything. finances. So yep. obviously something of his was destroyed. Something was yeah. killed of his. Yeah, so it was Wayne Tower in Metropolis, and yes. he was there during it all. So now he's got a personal connection to what's going on of this power unchecked. Very good, very good. What else? So you had anime, you had Suicide Squad, Batman, Superman. I'd say those are my top three. Everything Deadpool else... didn't even jump in there. De- okay, so what, the thing is with Deadpool... So you get four. No, no, no. I, oh, didn't, go say, ahead. I didn't say Deadpool. I said the thing with Deadpool... Is it's Corey's thing? It's my other C's thing. It's my second C. Second Corey. I hope you watch this. Second C's thing. He is a Deadpool fanatic. If he could be Deadpool, he would trade his life for Deadpool. He can every Halloween. That's true. Every day is Halloween, uh, every, isn't it? Or any day if you go to a convention, you want to cosplay. That works too. And that's the thing is, I couldn't stop hearing him from work today about Deadpool. So you're like, a little you I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, when I hear Deadpool, I'm like, that, that, that's all I remember doing when I was when Corey kept telling me. He's like, Deadpool this, Deadpool that. I'm like... Oh. Well, you were pretty excited about Deadpool. That's exactly what you talked about right off the cuff when we met up today. Well, I thought it would be, because it, it just seems to have garnered a lot of interest online, a lot of interest through social media. Um, the two things that, that stuck out to me was uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh, yeah, Obviously the panel that was there, and if you can catch that on YouTube as well. It's a little over an hour long. Um, it's a great watch. Introduces the villains to to the public as far as it's concerned. A nice little behind the dock scene, behind the scenes dock that was done about five minutes long. Yeah, all the all the tail slates. Yeah, it, it, it looks great. It looks awesome. I'm just so psyched for it. And and you know the bar is kind of set low after one, two, and three. So there's nowhere to go but up for this uh, upcoming flick. And the second thing that that spoke out to me from Comic Con. Uh, was something about uh, you know I'm not a huge Firefly fan, a Firefly fan, but um, seeing the the Project Con Men, uh, if you're familiar with that, um, with Nathan Fillion and uh, one of the the people, the ex stars of Firefly, it's his show, it's he's running it. Um, it's actually going to be on Vimeo. I'm not sure Vimeo. Cool. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I know he's crowd. He got a crowdfunded. Did a it could be Vimeo. Event. Vimeo's getting really big into the subscription space. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's about fifteen dollars for a season. He's got yeah. his first season done already. I know he, he got some of his Firefly, uh, Firefly stars in there. Uh, Nathan, Vill- Nathan Villian actually does play uh, you know, a character similar to to what he is in real life. A star that from you know, from a uh, successful series uh, playing another successful series and his buddy's trying to get him uh, it's so meta projects. it's yeah, meta exactly. <laughs> and, it, and they mock a lot, a lot of the stuff that goes on to the conventions that the, you know that, that have, they've been to and there's a lot of Firefly stars that are introduced it's, it's a little bit like Galaxy Quest in that tone then <laughs> um, as far as the parts where it was on Earth 
that part. Like yeah, if you if you can imagine that. Yeah, so it's like they're doing the convention yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The show's come and gone. And, and season two, I know yeah, he's going to try and get even more stars from this from the old series Firefly. So if, if you are really into Firefly, I know exactly what you're talking about. I saw the billboard. It's or like, Alan. Oh, it's a, the con men because convention men wouldn't yes, be cool. Yes, that's correct. Yes, yeah, so you get a chance to check out the trailer. It looks very funny. Uh, and it looks very promising. And uh, you know, if you can, give them some support as well. Give them some love. And if you're a big Firefly, uh, Firefly fan, yeah, there you go. Huh. It's all good. Yeah, it's a Sunday. But we're usually on our game on a Saturday. So exactly. We're, we're all there. You know, if I can talk about it just for one more moment. I think one more moment. Suicide Squad and Deadpool. I think it was a sigh of relief for comic book fans. It was like, okay, this this can work. I think that's the excitement for those. It's not because. You look at like X-Men Origins Wolverine. I know there's some trepidation regarding Suicide Squad. Yeah, I think people are just like, okay, this this can work. I'm interested in that. Who's involved? Who's starring in it? I know there's you know talk of egos and things of that nature, but they've been trying to do a great job of supporting it. They've released a lot of pictures, which I wouldn't have thought, as opposed to some other superhero projects where it's under tight wraps and things of that nature. No, they've been showing off pictures of Jared Leto and. Will Smith and, and obviously you know, Robbie, yeah, exactly yeah. And, and they've been doing a great job of trying to get that word out in fact some of the stars were actually at Comic Con yeah. um, to greet the fans so so I give them a lot of kudos for that and I look forward to seeing Suicide Squad I, I wasn't at one time but now actually I am I'm, I'm in the same boat I, I was like uh, no, it's it's there I'll watch it maybe red box it now I'm like I'm seeing this day one it, it seems that much more interesting day one day one <laughs> Day one. Um, so, actually, our next topic on that, because we are moving away from the Comic-Con. So I shouldn't mention the cool IDW Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. Why not? Go ahead. No, I just did. There you go. There, that's all he had to say. I mentioned it. I thought we should talk about something very comic-related, at least. Oh, uh, absolutely. And uh, speaking of, well, superheroes and whatnot, um, Rob and I actually got a, recently got a chance to read from our good, good friend, Josh Peterson. He's yes. uh, written in the past for Game Source. I actually wrote a great review on a reviews page for uh, Batman Arkham Knight. So uh, he did a great job there. And he's written a novel, uh, Vendetta Dark. And if you're in, actually, you know, Chris, you could probably do it in like 3D. There you go. Uh, it is available, I want to first off say it's available on Amazon. If you have a Kindle, it's available through that too. If you have Barnes & Noble, you like them, hey, you can get there too as well for the Nook. Well, you like that little going down digital, take care of that as well. And also as well, it's available on goodreads.com and booksonline.com. It's at a cheap price. I personally, you know, I thought there were some great moments in it. You know, actually, there, there were some parts that maybe were kind of uh, not tied together as much as I like. But I tell you, the overall, it was a good page turner for me. And I will say this, I look forward to seeing where this is going from there. Um, it was a great superhero story from that aspect as far as where the potential leads uh, for me. And, and once I put it down, I'm, I was hoping for, for more in this line of stories. It's great that we came off Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and <laughs> the fact that he wrote a Batman review going into Vendetta Dark. 
because it feels like it takes place in very much a Batman. There is a heavy influence in it. Um, it takes place, it's, it's a story of this MacGuffin material that gets out there. Uh, and it's basically everybody chasing around, trying to see who, who, who has it, what's it doing, what are the properties, and how, who can get away with what before actually having to answer to anybody. So there's a, a huge political undertone where I think six, seven, maybe eight characters are involved. Which I would say is one of the things that was not hard for me to juggle because it's quite clear who's doing what and what they're going after. So there's not a whole bunch of variety of characters that you have to have to it, get invested. You understand in. who is who, but I couldn't get invested in any one character because in a book that's 250-ish pages, to follow eight characters through that amount, I never felt really close to any of them. I felt more kind of caught up in where people are in the plot. But maybe he, that's where he's uh, alluding to as far as it's concerned for future stories, future iterations. This evolve those characters. Uh, on that level, this kind of reminds me of Empire Strikes Back, where there's a whole series of books that take place from that bounty hunter meetup, where all the bounty hunters, the, all those books end up back in front of Darth Vader as they're getting contracted yes. to find the Millennium Falcon. So maybe if this is a jumping-off book and we get to revisit things, then sure, that can work kind of in a hindsight brand web-building and stuff. Um, one thing that did pull me out, and there's a lot of good positive stuff in here, but I feel like i got to help our buddy Josh and kind of throw some things out there that really really stuck with me. It's set in a city called Avaris. Um, obviously, this is you know a term that kind of really describes the city, but I never really knew if I felt if this was in our world or if this was in a different world because it wasn't an existing city that's on the map of the USA. And then when he would call out references to the real world, like he references Joker at one point, he references NASA, and there's a few other real world things. It, it, there was a disconnect. I would say, honestly, just set it in New York, or set it in Chicago, or set it in somewhere. Make me believe that this is happening, yeah. that this could happen somewhere. I thought the writing style was great. It actually really reminded me of a Dan Brown book who wrote The Da Vinci Code in a Batman style. Like, if, if Batman was written by Dan Brown, it's this intricate, uh, heavy, wordy, in a good way, over-descriptive thought process of all these characters pulled into this seedy, noir undertone of a city that can't get out from its own despair. You know what I mean? So, like, kudos, Josh, for, for that, if you're watching. Um, that That's what got me hooked, but the characters. So many characters trying to survive in this was what made me feel suffocated to get through all the way to the story. And that's, for me, that's that's where I was reading, and I was thinking that they're going to be involved sure. in future iterations. That's maybe I was giving that's a little totally bit more fair. Benefit, And maybe I was giving a little bit more benefit of doubt, but yes, I can understand why you were saying that. For me, I was giving it that benefit of doubt that I think those characters are going to be evolved okay. in future iterations, so people will get invested over time uh, in, in all those characters eventually, and they'll be able to branch out from there. Sure. You know, I am notoriously a guy that is very hard on stuff. I'm very hard on my own movies. I'm very hard on anything that comes you out. You made a movie? I've made a couple, <laughs> yeah. And I'm very hard on them. Uh, we're all no notorious of being critical, especially in the internet age now, so it's easy to poke at stuff. But when I do it, I always try to think, you know, what would I do differently? Or what can I take about this stuff? So there's a lot of cool things. Um, I would have loved to see a story like a three-hander. Deal with Carmichael. Deal, deal with Tobias's father and deal with maybe Tobias's mother and just keep it those three and keep Tobias who actually has a major section on the back of the book as far as the synopsis whom you really don't get to meet until page 40 you know keep him out of it keep him like the MacGuffin that when he finally opens his eyes it's like the last thing of the book he opens his eyes you know what the description is in the book 
and that that be the cliffhanger. Like now, what's gonna happen? Exactly. Now I want to see the next volume. I can understand that. There's so much to play with. There's so many ingredients. I feel like it's just jumping around too quickly to keep the things moving. When there's man, the sandbox is full of you know great marbles and pearls and diamonds that need to be exposed. And I believe that this you know if this is his first novel, maybe he was given limitations. Sure. Yeah. Maybe, you know when somebody was editing, it, as far as it's concerned, maybe they went they tightened it up. Maybe they tightened up too much. Sometimes that's beyond the the author's control. Yeah, there's so many things that we as readers will never understand what happens here. Just like when we watch a movie, we don't understand the constraints that why this scene turned out like that or what happened with this rewrite. Or you, you just never know. Remember that time with Jay? Uh, uh, yeah. So. I mean, you guys can probably tell that I'm excited by a lot of the ingredients in the book. Yeah, and if yeah. the book was horrible, I wouldn't be this invested in it. It's far from that. There's a lot of great stuff happening I, I think there. it has a lot of great potential personally. Well, that's just it. I mean, this is a great jumping off point that if this was like, okay, here's like the map, the lay of the land. You know, what are all these other stories that can further develop and constantly call back to Vendetta Dark as the nucleus of this larger web in the city of Avarice? Or if it was called something else, or maybe it's just referred to as Avarice because that's what, you know, New York or Chicago has transformed into or whatever, you know? But, uh, no, actually, like I said, uh, I, I appreciate your thoughts on sure. it. Sure. Um, if you get a chance, everyone out there, it's Vendetta Dark. It is now available, like I said, on Amazon, via the Kindle as well, Barnes & Noble, if you got a Nook, hey, you can download it there too at a very, very inexpensive price. It is a page turner. You you can go through uh, it really and that, quickly. And that's what I really liked about it. Is there's a it's a really good page turner. It's it's a nice pulp fiction noir classic. And again, Dan Brown, Mickey Spillaney, that kind of that kind of turner. Well, give it a chance, everyone out there. Decide for yourself. It's Vendetta Dark by our own Josh Peterson. We want to thank him for actually allowing yes. us to have a copy. To, to read through and uh, we, you know I've, right there there's another I think we've got a future reader you gotta get your wallet out for this I, now <laughs> Chris <laughs> almost, out, almost out of 20s <laughs> so you do have some uh, what no <laughs> Chris is starting about. right now Chris is not going to be on the podcast he's just going to be he's going to be off to the side just reading yeah. here no way but once again, look oh, for it. It is Vendetta Dark available right now. Go and get it from our own friend. I'm actually Josh really Pierce. impressed. I, I don't know. Did Josh do this design too? I mean, it looks. I will like have the, to ask him. That dark grittiness. I'm like, it, it catches me. It feels like it's ripped out of Gotham, right? Like, well, no, because I mean, this doesn't look like Gotham back. But the the vibe that it gives off, I think, is very Batman like. I think so. Read the first page and tell me that you don't. Vendetta Dark, a novel. Josh See? Peterson. Told you. Oh, you're sold. right. It's sound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sold. Right there. No, go ahead. Your turn. No. What? To read it? I just yeah. read the first page. And it does You're going to read the rest of the page- pages. I, but I'm, Sorry I mean, about the corners. I, I turn the corners down. So I oh, so you know. I, I, I don't do a bookmark thing. Fair enough. That's me. What's uh, next? One of what's next is you. Me? Yes. What do we got here? Actually, well, what oh. you did, like I said, it's always great to have Rob here. He brings a certain perspective that, that only he can... <laughs> now you're being polite. He brings a certain perspective. Well, it's because, you know, obviously you've directed the outstanding Nintendo Quest, which we uh, 
you know, have reviewed on our site, yourgamesource.com. There's a couple outstanding reviews from you guys out yes, there. Yes, yes, and also as well, um, how many more reviews have been out there for you? So there's only three in total. We've actually had a lot of people request reviews. We've pushed people back because we want our Kickstarter backers to get their copies first. We want to let people on the Power Tour see it without too much information going out there. And I, I really appreciate you you clarifying that because I know there was, there was always some issues when it concerns Kickstarter and yeah. GoFundMes and things of that nature and, and crowdsourcing. You know, when does the actual individuals that are actually contributing, when do they get their product? It's coming. I am literally just waiting for the product to ship to me. Uh, okay. Jay and I had to sign the cover so everybody that... And hey, Megan, you're blocking your camera. Oh. <laughs> that so I'm like looking for a camera the whole time I'm walking around here. Surprise. <laughs> now, that's the, that's the wonder of the surface. This, is, this is live. This is live. This is unscripted. It's, it's you couldn't cameras, write that. <laughs> Water cooler talk, literally. Yeah, this, is, this is water cooler worthy. We're just talking around the water cooler here. But as, as yeah, so saying. we had to sign all our covers, and we didn't want to ship stuff that wasn't you know shrink wrapped. So we had to sign them and then send those back so they could shrink wrap them. Now people have to choose between just, unwrapping them. I'm just imagine you signing them and end up coming. They're like half smudged. It says like Ro Macau. Oh, if you can read any letters in that, I mean that's a whole another super ability in yourself. It's it'll say A. Or a boot. Yeah. <laughs> boot. A good film of boot stuff, eh? But, uh, you know, it's almost, Nintendo Quest to me is almost like a, a, almost like an oxymoron because it's actually a great film based. It's actually a great, a great film. film. It's actually. I mean, no one really film. thought it would be, but, you know. It actually with, a, with a video game theme, yes. tie-in, story, what have you. A heavy video game premise, at least from the trailers. Which... Yeah, yeah, kind of like pixels. And I know all of you out there that are either watching or listening have, you know, numerous, numerous, numerous times tried to sit down and watch a, a, you know, another movie or TV program or something with a video game premise. Mm-hmm. And we're going to uh, touch on movies with a video game premise. Sure. And for many, many, many years, there's been numerous failures by the movie industry to actually create a a formula to make video games or the video game premise appears successful on the screen. And I gotta tell you, we already talked about Comic-Con, and we're not talking about Comic-Con anymore, but Warcraft, Warcraft showed is, footage. Warcraft showed footage as well. There's a trailer out there for it. And, and it, people are mixed on it yet again, a video game property. And then there's also a new Hitman coming up, yep. and there's, there's Pixels, which, you know... Everybody seems to have hope for, but it's always uh, it's guarded because of who is actually involved. With uh, Adam Sandler, his recent history has been somewhat lackluster at best. Sure. Um, so it's it's a great concern to me, and as I want to uh, uh, delve into it a little bit more, your thoughts on why the continuous failures or attempts from the movie industry to not create a great movie. Well, I mean. You, the first, I think there's two camps. You have documentaries that delve into video game subjects or video game related fare. But you and I went back and forth on, on yeah, several hundred things. comments. So that's the first thing. The yeah. second thing are like narrative stories that are purporting to tell the story of Double Dragon or Street Fighter. Don't don't you even start telling. Uh, <laughs> I was a part of the uh, Double Dragon. Unfortunately, it's my only uh, listed credit, and uh, it's not the one you want to have. The problem with those films that try to create a story, even the Resident Evils, with as many as that we've received, blessed to us, 
um, is that it's a different experience. It's a passive viewing experience when you're sitting in a theater watching stuff. A video game experience is an active viewing relationship, or even in the cinema-laden era of video games that we are now, where we feel like we're watching a movie, at some point we are given control to be that character, and there's more of a stronger identification. So when you strip that away, the one thing that people love most about video games, and you tell them, no, this is what you've got to do, suddenly you have an audience of, probably gamers that are saying, well, I wouldn't make that decision. Well, this isn't the game that I know that I play. This looks different. But there have been several, you know, dozens and dozens of games that tell an outstanding story, which, you know, if you really think about it, could be translated into something that's great for the cinema. Could. Could. It all sounds great on paper. But that's the thing is, who wants to play the game for 30 hours and then sit down and watch it in two hours and be like... Well, I could have just played the game instead and had more fun. But take like an Uncharted. Take like a Mass Effect. You could create that environment as far as it's concerned within the span of a two, two and a half hour movie that will capture... So you're saying repeat it or do a different story? Do something within that concept. You can actually abridge that. You could do anything. Yeah. I think you're using a pretty powerful word there, Gerald. Could. could. I mean, that, that's exactly You could make a great Mario film as a CG animated Where's this disconnect? Where's this where's it going action, wrong? And that's even funnier. Uh, where's <laughs> it going wrong is Hollywood. And not being satisfied with these well known, recognized IPs or intellectual properties or these known characters. And what made them great? And what made them great. They, now they have to cast well known names to get somebody to be that character. Now they have to do it within a budget. Now they have to release it a certain way and have it look a certain way. Do they try to make it look like the other stuff? Do they try to make it look different? You know, where? how can they win? They'll never be able to please people and that's the problem. Gamers are a highly picky bunch as you guys well know. So trying to translate something is only going to come off as a parody. Because, uh, you know, like the most successful consoles, a console doesn't truly achieve that level of success until it reaches a mass audience. There's a tipping point. Sa- same thing with movies. It doesn't really become a successful movie until it reaches a larger audience. Well, it depends on what you mean by success. It really does. Because you could spend $5 million on a movie and it make $80 million, and it's a massive success relative to what went into it. Something that, that, you know, when when you're, we were talking about the other day, when we brought it up in chat, when I brought it up in chat as far as is concerned, just going back in your memory and seeing the legacy and thinking of the legacy of films, you can't, you cannot think of very many. You know, Wreck-It Ralph, it was like, on almost on one hand, the number yeah. of films... Yeah. Non-documentary or even documentary, because you and I went bat, went went to bat against uh, you know a couple of different documentaries. Sure. The only one Universal seemed to be outside of yours, King of Kong. Outside of mine. Outside of yours, <laughs> King of Kong. Which is very flattering that people actually are mentioning within the same breath. It should be because they're both very well done. Yeah, you and I went back and forth a little bit on Atari Game Over, but still going back to that, it just does not seem to be. Uh, you know these, these, like you said, there's, there's, there's a disconnect where these, where it's going wrong as far as being able to portray these video game stories on the screen or even abridge them to make them more appealing to a wider audience. Chris, what are your thoughts? I. When was the last time you saw a great video game film that wasn't named Nintendo Quest? <laughs> uh, no, are we going by? You great? saved him there. You are, are saved we, him there. <laughs> um. Are we going What's great? the most memorable video game movie you can think of right now? I mean, the ones that Nintendo I enjoyed. Quest. Nintendo Quest is the answer. But no, no he, said, he said not Nintendo okay. Quest. So we can't say Nintendo Quest. Alright, we can't say Nintendo Quest. Okay, so Nintendo, Nintendo Quest, Quest is the best. Tug it. Yeah, t- 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 yeah. tug Nintendo anywhere Quest you're at. Tug it! Uh, <laughs> 
the uh, I don't like because games that I liked. You're not and answering I'm, the question. Pick one that stands that's out right the, away. That's the but you guys are going to bash me for it. No, that's I just want to see if, if you can come up with one. I, 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 then I'll bash I, I like Silent Hill. Okay, great. That was I, another I, one that picked a lot of people. That a lot of people said, you know, this is worthy because it's a low budget. It's an indie film. Yeah, it indie film relative Dead to Rising like an indie film. Wreck It Ralph, which had a two hundred million dollar budget. I would say. And uh, you know, probably after all said and done, you know, broke even, maybe a little, a little bit of enough to to spawn sequels. Yes, and it actually did very well. I, I enjoyed it; thought it was a well-made film. Uh, but that it just that number does not seem to be there. And there's still, I give the Hollywood in, movie industry credit because they're still trying. You know, Assassin's Creed. You've got Uncharted being written again. Um, and then as far as all the numerous number of Warcraft that we talked about. I honestly think it's one thing, and this is going to sound like a fad or like a trend, but I think the medium of a movie, the format, it's the whole monster that is a Hollywood release, at least, is wrong for video games. A video game is something you spend time with. And I think something like an HBO, a higher tier cable network like Stars or AMC would suit a video game property much better because then you can spend more time with the characters which let's face it video game properties allow you to really get to know characters well over a long period of time and have them evolve I think one uh, said the best as far as one of the early releases this year The Order 1886 um, uh, actually our reviewer Sam uh, she noted that it would have been better as a movie than actually as a video game uh, because of the way, it, first of all, it was a very short for a video game, but also as well the way it was cinematically done, sure. the story put behind it seemed more apt to be in for But do you remember, remember, I think it was six months ago, maybe a little bit longer, when it was rumored that there was going to be a Zelda Game of Thrones-like show on Netflix, yes. and everybody somehow got behind that. There, was, <laughs> there wasn't too many people that were concerned. They're like, True. oh my God, that is such a great property to do it in this style and to have it for free out there for people to watch again because people know what Game of Thrones is they like that format of this long story in this world that they can wrap their heads around so I think maybe a 6 to 8 to 10 to 13 episode run is is maybe what that works I mean and again going back to Comic Con another big trailer was released for a TV property Ash vs. the Evil Dead and why is that not Evil Dead 4 and why is that a TV series instead because the Evil Dead movies don't do well at the box office there's a huge cult following but nobody goes to see it in, in the theater to support it so put it on television no, get to know Ash's character a little bit longer but who doesn't want to see 13 episodes of Bruce Campbell hamming it up yeah. you gotta love the chin yeah. you know it, so funny. it's a perfect fit if you've seen that actually that, that new trailer it is quite funny and quite amusing if you can catch it on YouTube it's good it's good I highly thumbs up on that yeah. so that's what I think I think that the, the medium is wrong and there's enough mistakes to, that people should have seen that by now and maybe it took for a while to get television up to where it needs to be for people to get that. Just but, um, hey, we're live. How's yeah. it going? <laughs> Sorry, the camera's right there. We're, we're just chatting here. So you're live. We're yeah. live. Yes, we are live. Live <coughs> here. Walk away from you. No, 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 you're cool. You're cool. Because we're here live at Retro City Games in Anderson, Nevada. <laughs> yeah. Doug and Nicole, got to get you on here. <laughs> Get, come I on think, over I think, here. I think we caught you on that. Maybe. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, we're live. Yeah, we're, we're live. <laughs> yeah, we are. 
Absolutely. So, so that's what I think. I think the medium is wrong, and I think people have been lured in as producers that, you know, this property works, so let's try to make something of it. So there are several projects down the, down the way. What type of advice do you give those people? If you could, let's say, let's say Rob, you were running your own studio. Sure, I would say do what you got now to make a marketing impact and use it as a loss leader, and have it spawn into something different. Again, it's the Muppets formula, right? Put out two movies that seem to catch a fan base going on, and then give them more content. We're living in the age of immediacy where people want, 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 want. They don't want to wait. And you can't, put years. A, you can't put out a movie every six months. No, but you can shoot a TV show like once every two weeks for an hour long. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it remains to be seen. I, I'm very hopeful. For Double Dragon, the series. Oh, no, no, please. Uh, I just remember working on that project, and it was just truly, you could see, you could actually just see, we were talking in the studio at the time, but we were actually doing the special effects for it. Sure. The, how bad, because how much money was So you knew, it, you knew it at we that knew, point. Because you could tell what a project that was like Species that I did, how yeah. much money they were putting into the actual special effects and what they wanted. And then what something like Double Dragon was doing, what they wanted, and what the mo- kind of money that they were actually going to give us to do it. You know, you could see the difference between the two, and you could ultimately tell what was going to happen right. uh, with that. And I'm sure Alyssa Milano, if you're out there, I know you're probably just you know shaking your head. You know, again, whenever you hear that mention, you know that Scott Fox, Scott Foley, Scott Wolf, Scott Wolf, Scott Wolf, Scott, Wolf, Scott and uh, Robert Patrick. Yep, yep, yep. When he'd like to forget as well. So, yeah. um, but get the everybody but Gerald would like to forget. <laughs> uh, I, unfortunately, I, I forget. I think it's cool. Yeah, well, my mom reminds me. Hey, I remember. I still got. I want to see that. When does it come out? When is it going to be shown again? I've got it on video somewhere. And just, we should do a game source convention where we show. <laughs> we definitely have to show that every year as like the midnight kind of. That's your throwback to Thursday. We're gonna start it Thursday and we're gonna watch. I'd it. Rather, you, rather you watch, you know, watch Outbreak. Something else I worked on with, with that you know, was a little bit higher quality. Like I said, species. No, 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 no. In the outfield. No, it's got to be that. I'll well, give you Dragon. Christopher Lloyd points for Angels in the Outfield. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got to be Double Dragon. <sighs> That's harsh. That's really harsh. <laughs> And then at the end, you'll see my name popping up there. And I'm just like, and we'll freeze it at that point. Pause it. There you go. And we'll do like picture in picture of you like watching. Like, hey, that's me. That's me. Probably growing up right there. Exactly. All good. So that's what I think. Movies and games. Well, as far as for the future, um, uh, there's some good projects. Again, like I said, uh, I'm just hopeful. I'm not uh, overly optimistic. I'm going to be honest with you. For Pixels, Assassin's Creed. Pixels will be okay. It'll do well domestic, like domestically and internationally. It'll spawn a sequel. Get ready for it. There's too many video game properties to exploit and get people excited about. How much? What's the budget on that? I, do, I haven't looked on box office movies. It's probably like 80 to 100 million, I would imagine. That sounds like an Adam Sandler range. It's okay. All right. Well, uh, I'm, I'm it's based off a short film. You know that, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. Okay. Just to see it in action and yeah. his track record lately is... Well, it's like Ghostbusters meets video games is what it is. This is the 1990s I would have a lot more faith. Right after The Wedding Singer would have made more sense to us. Absolutely, sure. absolutely, indeed. Um, and uh, lastly, you know, we're talking uh, again. This is the uh, Game Source Podcast 127. He's texting me. He's following I'm, I'm actually double-checking on that. 80, 80 to 100,000 on that. 80 to 100 million. 80 million, I mean, yeah. Okay, so while he's checking that, and also how you can get Vendetta Dark on Amazon. right? Yeah. There. 
He's he's securing his copy today. Unless he wants to pay Buying double it on for this Amazon one. Right and then now. he's there actually go. going to uh, also as well right after that to Patreon to yeah. give support to Rob. Yeah, Patreon.com slash GamerCast. You can sub right there. Yeah, my money's already down. Well, I'm going to let you have the 20 back so you can sub online. Okay. Because I know uh, you're short on 20s. Yes. Yeah. But you're good for it because okay. it's live and it's archived. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And this is something I can hopefully get uh, Doug right and, and don't have money. to work, talk about as well. But you, you were at several different stores <laughs> filming a Nintendo Quest. In the age of GameStop, in the age of, of you know, retail dominance as far as from large big box outlets, in the age of, of purchasing online and downloads, digital downloads... Where does the mom and pop stores, where does the smaller stores, where does the David and the David and Goliath battle as far as for your video game dollar? $110 million for Pixel. $110 million. Without marketing. Before, yeah, without marketing, yes. So it's probably 220 usually double it. Yeah. Where does David sit in the David and Goliath yes. battle from mom and pop to corporate exactly. giant? How can they survive? How can they thrive in this environment? I don't know if I can answer how can they thrive or survive in the environment, but there's a place for them, and that's a place out of necessity. But you were in several different states, seeing yeah. several different stores. These, these, these stores are, are, are a necessity. We need them. And I'm not just speaking as like a gamer. I'm speaking as... Once you've been in a GameStop, you've been in every single GameStop. That's true. They're homogenized. Every experience is the same. What's a GameStop? But their recent, recent announcement... <laughs> The recent announcement of carrying older... It's not about the product. It's not about what's on shelves. Does that concern? No. Should that be of any concern to, no. to consumers at all? No, it shouldn't be a, a, a concern at all. It really shouldn't. I mean, Amazon is opening up brick-and-mortar stores now. Why? Because they want to provide an experience. Microsoft now has their own stores after Apple had stores. Why? Because it's an experience to visit these locations. Sony had a lot of stores, and they decided to... They did. Them. They did. These mom and pop stores provide an experience and a community get together. This place is different from the game shop across town, for example. There he is, right there. What you get yeah. here, you can't yeah. get elsewhere. That is what is important about these stores, and I can't un- underestimate it. Like you, you need to go out there. You need to visit these stores. That was the best part about Nintendo Quest, going to see all these different stores, connecting with all these different communities. It was great. And we've got Doug right here from Retro City Games. (laughs) Doug, have a seat. We're talking about game stores. Gerald posited, how do game stores, mom and pop indie game stores, exist in this corporate landscape that we have with Amazon and GameStop? But survive, but thrive as well. And I said that they have to exist out of necessity because you guys provide, for example, an experience that you don't get at GameStop. Every GameStop you go to is the same. You know exactly what it's going to be like before you walk through the door. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, You come here, it's different. You never know. I hope so. At Retro City, you never know what you'll find. (laughs) See, you go to a GameStop and someone's in and out within like 10 minutes. You get people here that have been here all night because they enjoy this stay. They enjoy the company. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of the monotony of like the corporate upsell. I mean, you walk in, you're you're, you're either really into it and you just, oh, this is an experience, you like that experience, or you walk in and you're just like, no to the 10,000 questions you're going to get asked because you don't really care. And I think that's where something like this is a little bit different where we do... We're not fitting into a structure or a mold. We're just kind of here. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of said point blank. It's not about what's on the shelf. It's great that there's oh, cool yeah. stuff on yeah. the shelf, 
But that's very secondary or tertiary to the experience you get when you walk in a store like this. I mean, something like tonight has nothing to do with our merchandise. Yeah, I mean, the store is closed. Except the fact that there's, I guess, it's a game store. We're playing games, but yes. yeah, there, nobody's. I mean, we're not here to really like. I mean, we do sell, but we're not here to like sell stuff and like, oh, go crazy. No, we're yeah. here to just hang out and have fun and talk to people and connect. And once GameStop closes. They're closed. You have to wait till the next day. You don't I even have to forget it. I mean, was that just wishful thinking? Wishful thinking a little bit. <laughs> but I think with their existence, it helps to find the strength of your store too. Agreed. And I, I mean, it's not anything against the corporate. Oh, side it's of it. it's what they want. Because I mean, I mean, I remember like Funko Land was an amazing way of you know that franchised corporate mentality, but still being unique and personal in the community. But. Yeah, GameStop. Do you feel GameStop <laughs> has homogenized it too much? Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's they've made it just a cookie-cutter retailer, and that's why they're doing terrible right now. now. Again, a plug for Nintendo Quest, and I didn't really think about it until the Vegas screening with Doug, and I told you, I came right up to you after, and I said, Doug, wasn't it cool to see all those different retail spaces, whether you liked them or didn't like how they set up things? It was cool to see so many different <laughs> stores that were laid out differently. And it was funny because, I mean, as like a... As only a, as a fan, but as like an owner, sure. I was picking them apart. Sure. Like, I was like, yeah, just tons of things I love, tons of things I hated, but yeah. Everybody was but doing, to see that, yeah, like, it was crazy. like, that spread. But just that they're there, but they're alive. But that's what makes it interesting. I mean, people walk in here all the time, and I don't think it's because our layout's poor or anything. It's just somebody walks in and goes, so where is this or that? And it, they have to actually seek and find things, which, I mean, everybody loves a treasure hunt. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, seriously, I mean. But now they're interacting, too, and that's where... I would say the hook is because now they can get to know who you are and you can talk to them and you can know who they are. Well, I hope so. I mean, I hope that means something as much to them as it means to us. I mean, we love it. I mean, that's most of the fun is just actually just the people. I mean, the games are the games. I could not have a store and play games. But sure. I mean, it's all about the interaction. It's all about building this community and just having fun. Yeah. And where can they go for that? Retro City Games. What's the, what's the site? Give us a Facebook address. Got a plug. This, this is the big. This show. is the plug section. He no, made me go on for forty five minutes at the if beginning, you are, plugging all you my are, stuff. And that's one thing. Anybody out there that wants to be a part of the show, if you got something to plug within the gaming community, you can plug it on our show. We're, we just really appreciate you being part of the program. Yeah, no, I'm not the biggest on that. I mean, if you want to check us out. You guys are on Facebook, right? Well, yeah, exactly. We're on Facebook. It's Retro City Games NV. NV, as in Nevada. Retro City Games NV on Nevada. Facebook. No, I said Nevada. I know, but I I've been be, very conscious I'm, about it. You should be. About yeah. it? Yeah. Listen here, cameraman. <laughs> Take that 20 back out. <laughs> I, th- I thought I saw money. I yeah, like, you saw that. Yeah. We're playing some like bets. poker over here. Yeah, like, we got prop <laughs> bets going on the side. <laughs> but yeah, no, you can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at. Uh, it's all Retro City, Retro City Games NV. Um, we're on the corner of Sunset and Valley Verde in yeah. Henderson, Nevada. Yeah. You got lots of great video content too on your Facebook page for people to look at. Great. No, it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> but they can also, you know, if someone's not in the Las Vegas area, they can still contact you via the Facebook page. Of course, sure. have any All questions. the time we get that. I mean, we have tons of people that are out of state just checking in and see what we have new, just talking to us, that kind of thing. I mean, right now we're doing it. We're going to do two. Wow, I can't speak today. We're going to Game On Expo end of uh, August in Arizona. We yeah. already have guys that are going. Hey, if you get anything, bring it on down to me and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, we love that kind of stuff. And like I said, it's all about the community, and we want to just grow the community not only here in Henderson and Vegas, but across the country. I mean, I don't think there's really a unified movement yet. I mean, a lot of places. It's getting there right now. There's a lot of satellite pockets that are starting to connect. But it's all built around so much either fandom or drama, and that's why I think a store needs to step up and say, 
All right. Well, well that's what we're that's what that. we discovered yeah. on Nintendo Quest right. that there's these pockets of people oh, that knew what the stores were involved in that were rallying around it, which is why when I met you guys, it was just like, this is in Vegas. I love this. This and, is here. And I also want to say, as far as for you know, small gaming sites and things of that nature, they also seem to be very guarded. Uh, they also seem to want to also defend their space a lot, and they don't want to try to work things together. It becomes. And, we, you know, it's, it's a fear thing. Once you get over that and, and open the doors, and we try to. Uh, we try to at yourgamesource.com. Like I said, we will help you build an, a community, and we're here to work with with Nintendo Quest, with Rob, with you and yeah, Retro City Games. And, and we love the same thing, and that's why when you know Rob pushed with Nintendo Quest, it was like a no brainer. I mean, why not support part of that community? I and mean, I know the guys from Seek Fine Play; they're here all the time for sure. you. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you want to give them a jo- George from Seek Fine Play. There you go. If you haven't checked out their YouTube. Channel, you should. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I guess more what I meant by before was uh, more of like the, like you said, you have the, the big name websites, which I guess I won't name, and then you have sure. the YouTube type stuff and the, the personalities, and it's all like you said, just drama in high it's school, so and it's like if you're either on our side or you're not <laughs> on our side. Like you've got to stake your everybody's territory. Everybody's trying to defend what they're doing instead of just going, "Hey, we're all gamers, we're all part of this community. Let's just get together." Because that's too simple. Do stuff, People right? have too much time and they want to complicate it because the keyboard the is pro- in front of them. The problem is you can't monetize that. Yeah, you can't monetize this conflict. You can't. Yeah, well, and we we've run into you that can. Issue, and I, I won't I won't name any names, but we've run into that same issue. Ooh, scandalous! Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. that same Do thing. Where uh, I mean, it's just. How do I say this? I'm going to articulate this without throwing anybody the bus. We're, we're picking our words carefully now. <laughs> yes, very carefully. There are other entities and establishments within the metropolitan Vegas area that we've done events with and didn't continue because it was more about the money and the business than it was about promoting the community. And it's a big problem even here in town. It's a huge issue. Conventional wisdom would tell me, though, that if you promote the community and if you promote all the good things that that you know the gaming community has, Again, the money will follow. You, you are using words sense. like conventional wisdom. <laughs> well, I know that you could make a good video game movie <laughs> uh, you know, with conventional wisdom. All these video game sites could band together to create a larger audience. But yes, I know from firsthand experience well, then, uh, how, how frustrating s- that could be. And then you see stuff instead of. They're losing their community, which I'll throw Kotaku under the bus. They're losing their community. So instead of trying to build that community, they start having half of their articles being just tags to other, like io9 and yeah. other stuff that's kind that's of related, related by to the same like and then it's all just group. clickbait and they're just going back and yeah. forth so you're, you might have a like um there's like some, a three paragraph article on, on average for them well how did how did the star wars okay how did the star wars stuff on uh, kotaku a couple days ago the, the comic-con um, announcements have over a million views and seven comments that's because people were just clicking into it from a different site and realizing yeah. they didn't care yeah. because it was clickbait. That's not building a community. That's not strengthening anything. That's well, this is the difference between likes and true engagement when we talk about social media analytics, right? You can have a thousand likes, but how, what's that engagement level? You have ten thousand people like your page, but what but, does it really mean? But unfortunately, you know, on the on the business side of it, those likes prove prove viewership, and that proves to your advertisers sure. that. You're doing something quote unquote yeah. right or wrong. There, there's it's, something there. Yeah, but it's the same thing with YouTube. It's the same thing with Twitch. The same with all that. Um, there's some people who do it really well, and there's others who just do it. I mean, it's clickbait for a lot of it. It, it sucks. It's these little tiny articles. You won't believe what happens when you watch this video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Right after this. Or even um, even major news sites are doing it now. I mean, I, I try to keep current. It's just it'll be it, it's half the headline. You can't no matter how you. 
change the template. You cannot see the whole headline until you click it, and then you realize you don't care. <laughs> Henderson becomes unstoppable. Ellipsis. <laughs> At retro. Exactly. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Yes. Retro City? Question mark. What is that? <laughs> click, <laughs> click, click, click. Fair so, enough. No, it's but like, yeah, I think there's a place for mom and pop independent retailers in the video game landscape. I think Doug illustrated I, a bunch of points. And I think there's also, I mean, there's room for both, though. I mean, what well, again? I, I think one helps the other. It's a symbiosis. Because I, I mean, it's a ten dollar word for it. And I have to say, I as much as I mean, as much as we talk about building that experience, there much are, Scrabble? there is a pretty sixty-four <laughs> points. <laughs> There is a big chunk of the community that doesn't care about that. They sure. don't want that, and that's fine. And they can get that elsewhere, or I mean, we're online. Here. Exactly, and they can just, if it's just about making the purchase, there's tons of other ways to do that. We understand that, and I get it. And people coming But the great thing about that is you can handle that too, because exactly, it's yeah. still on the shelf. Agreed. Yeah, it's just, it's, so it's, it's different, and that's why, like you said, they both, they yeah. both help each other. Sure. Before I let you go, best video game movie you've ever seen. Video game movie? Video game, a movie that is related Premise. to video games somehow. See? Pokemon 2000. <laughs> oh yeah, Nintendo Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I set him up for that one. I gave him the stare at death. Yeah, you have to mess with Thanks it. a lot. No, you haven't seen Nintendo Quest? It's an amazing movie. Aside from Nintendo Quest. Aside from Nintendo Quest. It's a hard question, I'm isn't it? Picky? I couldn't really name one that I think is that good. Okay. And therein lies the problem. Therein lies <laughs> everything that I want to see manifest from even modern stuff like No, I actually will say, and everybody's gonna hate me for this. The Mario movie. Okay. I don't really understand why that movie gets so much hate. Because I don't see how Just because it's so different from the game. Well but but how could you would would anybody really like seriously think about it. The game is about a plumber who breaks bricks. It's not about s- logic, it's about what? similarity. Okay, but if you watched that in video form Yeah, they had a whole cartoon series that was half decent as an animated thing. Yeah, but as a live action it would be awful. I'm just saying though. It'd be awful. It's the difference that threw people off. Post apocalyptic wasteland garbage town of the Mushroom Kingdom. Ugh. Ugh. Makes sense. Mm. Weird. Left but, field. But what, just, just what's your, not weird about <laughs> Mario? Like but just your hesitation in answering that question. Oh yeah, no, I had to do that. Is the problem? That's yeah. why we, you know, going you're back to hipster. that subject. That's what you are. You're a hipster. <laughs> oh god. You're a Mario movie hipster. Oh god. <laughs> Doug's the biggest hipster. I'm out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, um, I, I don't know. The, the one movie that I really wanted to be good, and then I found out The Rock was in it. I, I thought Doom. Doom. I thought Doom was going to be the best worst movie ever. <laughs> I literally thought it was going to be just a complete pile of crap, but I was going to come out of it just loving it. And it, like, how do you take a plot as simple as gates Doom. of hell are open, kill demons, and then turn it into a chromosome manipulation, extra chromosome, and yeah, yeah, what the hell was that? Like, yeah. I, I don't Alas, know. Hollywood. And then even the like, Hollywood quotes. The, the first person part was kind of cool, but but overplayed. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't Thanks for the it. cameo. <laughs> <Not bad>. yeah. <laughs> Live at Retro City. I tried to warn her the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no worries. No, um, I mean, what? Do you, I'm sure you guys have already talked about it. Did, what? Are, what are your guys's? What? What games did we mention? As no, movies? the movies. Um, Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, probably just for me. I actually haven't seen Wreck It Ralph. You should. That one's pretty good. I lean towards like uh, the documentary side of King of Kong. King of Kong for sure. 
I like Atari Game Over. He's not as fond of it as I am. I, know you, I haven't seen the whole thing yet. I know you said it's what does that say? What does that say? Fair enough. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when you can only go on one hand, the number of films, there, I believe. There I mean, is The Wizard all. is a soft spot for me. I mean, there's a lot of nostalgia in that. Um, but if you look at it as a straight movie, it works as a story. It works. Kind of. It works. It's a good movie, though. I, I didn't say it was a good movie. <laughs> so there's a soft spot for me. I mean, yeah. I, you know, war games, stuff like that, Tron. Is it, is it Ratchet and Clank or Sly Cooper they're doing right now? Sly Cooper. And Ratchet and Clank. But why? Like, because they they can do a CG animated version that is of that variety. And at least at least with Sly Cooper, it's a heist movie. It, it's, it's an understandable concept with animated animals. There's so much that works on, on the surface. No, I get that, but there hasn't been a... Well, this is where the movie's going to be better than the game. a great Sly Cooper movie. Well, this is where the movie will overperform the game. But you have the fan base that's really going to go, oh, Sly Cooper, I have to go see that. Are you going to have like a million... They're going to sell families on animated characters. Maybe that's that's a positive because they're going to try and reach a larger audience anyways. Maybe sometimes there's a stigma when you have... uh, You know, it's it's trying to cater to the video game audience and not to a larger audience. The ultimate success is to a larger audience. I mean, on the cutesy family side, I mean, like, something like Little Big Planet, I think could be... Or Kirby. I mean, Kirby would make a great thing. I I agree. But Nintendo, just the idea... Well, they're developing concepts now, so... Are they going to manifest? I mean, because we keep seeing that from Microsoft as well. No, oh, the, the Halo movie, coming. the Gears of War movie. Dwayne, is, Dwayne the Rock is going to be in a Everything. Gears of War, and then he's not. And then oh, Halo, we have, a, we have a... Don't get me started on the Halo project. We have a script done. Steven Spielberg attached to Halo. We have a $6 million commercial that was fan-made. You know what I mean? Like... The, the recent Halo projects that were uh, shown on the Xbox One were, were quite disappointing. Really, really low. Well, Atari Game Nothing. Over is a result of that initial surge into all that stuff. And, well, that was it. So, so I think we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, Chris, any last thoughts? Any final thoughts? Any thoughts? Well done. Go back to Liberty Hustle to shell out way over Go see Nintendo Quest because it rocks. There like you go. It. Look at your. Is what you got? Pilot Wings there? Uh, for my girl, yeah. Oh, okay. You're, you're getting non Sega related pickups. Uh, no. What, what you got, got there? Clacks, Eternal Champions, and Jungle Strike. Nice. Nice. These nice. are for her. Well, sure. She did win that $50 gift certificate, so I got Ah, the cool. Game yeah, right, right, right. yeah. <laughs> There you go. Well done. Safe. At the Retro City Games screening Cheers, of Nintendo Quest. There I might you go. Add. <laughs> there you go. Blug. <laughs> Once, once again, um, you know, a lot of screening co- screenings coming up for Nintendo Quest. Yeah, Power Tour rolls on next up, Austin and Houston. Tug.com and NintendoQuest.com. Tug us in public all over the U.S. Uh, Nintendo Quest, that is. Uh, NintendoQuest.com, links for everything. How Help far, us get the movie out there. How far are you willing to go for a screening? That's what I wanted to ask. What do you mean, how far am I willing to go? I, we're not necessarily, we can't promise that we'll be at these screenings that get tugged. Ah, okay. But if you tug us hard enough... We will try to come to see the screening. <laughs> Although you have one in the UK. There's a screening in the UK coming up. In, in Cambridge, yes, yes, on July 25th. So and we're going to Skype into that, which is also exciting. So hard. Uh, that's definitely said. something to look forward to, oh. to as well. I'm, yeah, that's I'm, why she's I'm interested, I'm interested to see how that goes, to see uh, audience it's, and how they And it's like. for like a computer museum crowd for like a Nintendo appreciation night, so it should be like our core of core fan base, so that'll be interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's put on by uh, Nintendo Life, too, so... 
So that's uh, NintendoQuest.com for all your info there. Yep. Retro City Games on Facebook to get all your latest info for Retro City Games. And also follow us again, www.yourgamesource.com. At GameSource on Twitter and GameSource on Facebook. Give us some likes. We're the leading leading aggregate news story as far as 40,000 articles that we've posted regarding the video game world. 40,000! That's right. If you want to know what's going on in the video game world, there's no better place to go than GameSource. So, for Chris, Killer X Wolf. I'm back here behind the camera. There got, he is. Got Doug, Retro City Games. Hold on. Got the director of Nintendo Quest, Rob McCallum. Thanks for having me. And me, Yes, Elvis Lives. Once again, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And have yourself a great evening. It's another beautiful day in paradise. Happy birthday. <laughs> Do you love games? Breathe games and bleed games, then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest delays in gaming news and content, all here at yourgamesource.com.